I'm a helpful Southern California Honda guy. During this year's big game, we gave someone a random act of helpfulness. We crowned a person with the worst commute in SoCal and helped make her commute better with a brand new Honda. But it turns out lots of you have terrible commutes. Think you've got what it takes to be the worst? We want to hear from you. Go to SoCalHondaDealers.com slash worst commute and tell us all the boring and annoying details about your terrible drive to work. Who knows? Maybe you'll get a random act of helpfulness and be crowned the new worst commute in SoCal. Progressive presents. Yeah. Yeah, old school. That's what I'm talking about. Listen, this ain't for everybody. Some of y'all need to hear this. I know you're in the trenches fighting, but check it out. I'm going to put it down like this so I can help the saints understand. Everything you're going through is all part of the master plan. Or what? You thought because you got saved, everything was going to be peaches and cream? You better wake up, son. Don't nothing come to a sleeper but a drink. Faith without works is dead. Read your Bible. You know what it says. He who don't work, don't eat. Slackers don't get fed. Huh, yeah. Jesus said he who puts his hands to the plow looks back the same ain't fit. Some of y'all ain't been in the Christmas five minutes and you about ready to quit. I ain't mad at you. I'm just hitting you with the real. If you died for me and I was still tripping, now how you think that make you feel? Check this out. Deep game. This here's deep, huh? Some of y'all ain't sawing nothing but you started trying to reach, huh? But after him who was able to possess your father by his glory. Struggles might be part of your testimony, but it ain't the end of the story. Now the point is this was prophesied way back in the day. Choir, sing your hook right here and see if the church can relate. trying to get in shape and trying to do something. And I know 
Oh, man, where these had these droughts uh, all across the country had a lot to do with the food that people eat. And, um, man, let's, let us let me start with you, Scott. Scott, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about you, and I'll be quiet for a minute. Okay, Lamont. So, um, as you mentioned, I'm a full-time actor and producer, uh, mostly based out in Hollywood. Uh, I do also do quite a bit of uh, work on the East Coast in Florida. I just wrapped up a film there that we're shooting in South Florida for two months. And um, along the journey, I've been in this entertainment field for about 20 years. I noticed, and this should apply to every single audience member listening right now, it doesn't matter what profession you're in, everything, and I mean everything, starts with your God-given health and your energy. If you don't have an abundant energy if you don't have um, just your health, your job's going to suffer. You're not going to be able to um, take on extra things in your life. Your relationships are going to suffer. Your financial situation will suffer. And uh, what's very unique about the entertainment industry, especially on the film sides, it's very, very common when you're working on some of the larger films for us to have a 12, 14, 16-hour day. Uh, it, it sounds crazy, and that's not, commuting the, that's not counting the commute to you know, get to a Hollywood studio, which can take an hour, an hour and a half in rush hour traffic, and then you know, half an hour, right. an hour getting back at some crazy hour in the morning. And I really noticed that a lot of people, after eight or ten hours, you know, a typical work day, they were just fading, like they would just be sleeping, they'd be exhausted, uh, actors would be flubbing their lines because they couldn't concentrate. And uh, so that was kind of, that's been really my kind of um, my test bed, if you will. I've been sharing all the stuff I've been learning, including my um, ISSA, um, Sports Nutrition Certificate, um, on how to get people uh, energetic, how to keep them from getting sick. Uh, most importantly, this will connect with a lot of your audience. Remember how to, how to lose weight very easily and quickly. So, I'd be happy to take any questions from the audience about anything they want to talk about or anything that you want to talk about. Yeah, I think that's a big thing today is um, people trying to lose weight and trying all kinds of uh, different things, even surgery. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. Is there are there any pharmaceuticals out there that actually do help people lose weight? Um, there are, but that's not really my mantra. Uh, what I like to do is to get back to grew out of this earth and the natural foods and the natural thing you should be doing. So, two main reasons why forty one percent. Oh, no, excuse me, excuse me. There's two main reasons why 66% of the United States is now obese. That's two-thirds of the country is overweight. Many of those are morbidly obese, okay? And those two reasons are we're burning, or excuse me, we're taking in a lot more calories than we're burning. And think about that for a minute. The portion sizes in 2018 are 30 to 40% larger than the portion sizes were in the 1950s and 60s. You can see the size of the plates. 
You can see the size of the big, super big gulp cups at the convenience stores. So we're just eating a lot more calories. And what are we doing? And this starts with our kids. When I was a kid, we would be, I would bicycle seven miles back from school to home. Okay, so that was exercise. That was after all my sports activities. And then if I got home when it was still light out, I'd be playing basketball or football with my brother outside up until dinner time. I mean, we were just running, 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 running. What are kids doing now? They're coming home. They have their Game Boy or they have their uh, their smartphone open or they got their iPad or they're watching a movie. And, and the adults are doing the same thing. We're glued to our smartphones or our computers and we're sitting at a desk. Okay, so that's the first thing. It's very common sense. The second thing is we have a very, very acidic uh, diet. Uh, meaning we're taking in a lot of acidic foods, like uh, we're eating a lot more meat in this country than almost any other industrial uh, country in the world. We're eating a lot of processed foods, which are not necessarily natural GMO foods. Those are all very acidic. And what happens is when you have more acid in the body, okay, it's not a natural thing to just go take a Pepsid AC or go to start chewing on a bunch of Toms or taking Pepmobismol. That, that's, that's not really getting to the root of the problem. Okay? So what happens is when you get very acidic, your body as a defense mechanism against all this acid, it wants to protect your organs. It wants to protect your bones from osteoporosis. It wants to protect every living cell from the acid, and that's where the fat starts building up very, very quickly. The fat is a great buffer to protect your organs, to protect your bones, to protect all the cells in your body from the acid. So that's the other main reason why we're getting so fat. So what do you, what do you see as a, um, um, what am I trying to say, a, a fix to this problem? Okay. So, so the long-term solution, and, and none of us got fat, you know, over a week or 30 days. We, we try to do these diets. Oh, I want to I diet and I want to lose all this weight in 30 days, okay? Most of the weight we've accumulated, some of us have accumulated over 5, 10, 20, 40 years. You know, it kind of creeps up on us. We add maybe a couple pounds a month, and then you wake up 20 years later. It's like, oh, my God, I'm 30 pounds overweight. How did this happen, okay? So the real solution is to, uh, number one, is start exercising, start moving. And if you don't want to join a gym, that's fine. Just start walking, okay? Uh, the second thing on, on the diet, you want to shift yourself to a diet that's slightly alkaline. I'm sure everyone in the audience here, if, you don't, if they don't know this, they have certainly heard it in third-grade science class. The homeostasis, meaning the natural temperature that your body should be to be healthy, is 98.6. If you have 100, 102, 103, you've got a fever. Okay, that's really bad. Okay, most Americans do not know this number ab- about the pH scale. It's a balance between alkalinity and acidity. Your body needs to be at exactly 7.36. So on the scale from 0 to 14, 7.36 is slightly alkaline. So how do we get to that long-term solution? Okay, you want to start eating more alkaline foods, okay, which will make your body healthier 
It'll give you more energy. It'll start shedding some of this fat off. And alkaline foods, just as a general rule, are all of your green leafy vegetables, okay? A lot of the sprouts, uh, things like almonds, natural almonds, unsalted, unroasted, um, just natural food typically that grows out of the ground. Um, certain meats are okay as long as, for example, and this, this should be common sense as well. When you go to the store, do you buy the, the, the ground beef that's $1.99 a pound? That might be, uh, you know, the cows might be in a feedlot. They're eating GMO uh, food, just the cheapest food that the farmers are giving them. They're pumped full of antibiotics. They're given uh, growth hormones, steroids to get that cattle as fat as quickly as possible for profit margins. Or are you the type of person that buys the $9.50 beef? that's grass-fed, it's out in the open, it's eating all natural hay and alfalfa and barley, and the cow's really taken care of. And, you know, not everyone can afford uh, that type of meat. Not everyone can afford to go to Whole Foods and get all organic foods. So you just need to do the best you can. And in my case, I don't buy a lot of meat anymore because I can't really justify paying $10 for a certain type of meat when the, the other meat's at $1.99. So I, I save up and I buy meat on special occasions, but I primarily, uh, 80% of my diet is alkaline food and drink, a lot of vegetables, a lot of nuts, a lot of sprouts, and uh, I haven't been sick in 15 years. My energy is through the roof. I mean, these 12 different books that I've written, those have been in my spare time. Okay, I'm not really an author. Wow. I, I, you know, I'm doing a lot of stuff in my spare time because I wake up at 4:30 in the morning and I just have this energy that's just exploding, because I'm always moving my body, and I have an alkaline-based uh, diet. How many hours do you usually sleep a, a, a night, Scott? If I may ask. Okay, there's this myth that you need at least eight or nine hours of sleep. Okay, everybody is certainly different, so I can't answer for anyone else. Uh, I sleep between six and eight hours a, a, a night. My uh, ideal is seven hours. And there's a lot of things I do, and I'll be happy to email this um, to you if, to share with your audience if you want. I've come up with about uh, 20 different tips to sleep really, really well. So when I sleep the seven hours, I don't wake up two or three night, uh, times a night, Okay. Uh, I really do some strategic things, so I sleep a very, very deep sleep. And a lot of that goes back to when I exercise, I'm taking care of my health, I'm eating right, I don't eat a lot of processed foods, I don't drink a lot of alcohol right, or eat a lot of massive amounts of food before I go to bed. So um, I believe everything in life happens based on your rituals or your habits. Right, I agree. And so I, I want to share something with you you might find interesting. Uh, apparently, you had a, uh, a mutual friend of mine on your show recently named Ronald Farnham. Yes. Ronald's a great guy, man. That's how I got yeah, introduced to Yeah, he is a great guy. So, so here's an interesting story about uh, Ronald, which uh, your audience will probably be quite, uh, find quite interesting and be very relatable. Ronald moved out to uh, Hollywood about five years ago. He was a good friend from Orlando. And we became roommates. And when I picked him up at the airport, 
I'm a very, very honest person. I don't belittle anyone. I don't make fun of anyone. But if you're really a true friend, you tell it like it is. I said, Ronald, you gained a little bit of weight there, haven't you? You know, I was just trying to be friendly and just kind of point out, (laughs) yeah, yeah, not that bad. Well, it turns out he had packed on about 60 or 70 extra pounds. He carried it quite well, so he didn't look really obese. But he's not the Ronald that I remembered. So right. he saw what I was doing, and he's like, wow, Scott, you have a lot of energy. Like you're waking up at 4.30 in the morning, you're doing all this stuff, and sometimes we'd be working on, on uh, the same shows down at a Hollywood studio. We'd meet up for lunch, and he'd be you know, already tired after working eight or nine hours, and I'd be going 16 hours, and I'd be fine. So he goes, tell me your secrets. Okay, okay Ronald, here's what you need to do. You need to start with a cleanse, okay? And let me just very, very briefly, I'll give you the 60-second version of what a cleanse is. And everyone should do a cleanse at least once a year. You want to, for seven days, eat, uh, uh, you're going to have a liquid diet, okay? So you're going to be flooding your body with really good, pure, filtered water, okay? And then you're going to get a juicer, and you're, so you're not going to be eating anything, but you're going to be juicing a lot of nutrients from uh, cucumbers, from spinach, from carrots, from celery, um, just all kinds of green leafy plants for the most part. We're going to get a lot of energy, a lot of nutrition, a lot of protein. You can, uh, the one thing you can do during the seven days is you can uh, snack on raw uh, organic almonds, because those are very, very alkaline. Chew them up to a fine paste. Um, you can have split pea soup. So that's, your, that's a liquid that you can you know, have. Uh, you can do green tea. Do so you want to stay from any, any kind of solid foods? You don't want to drink any coffee, which is very acidic. Uh, really water and this all-natural juice. And you shouldn't feel... Uh, uh, hungry or tired because you can have as much of this juice and this soup as you want. So you're not really limiting yourself to calories. You're just cleaning out your system. And what happens after the second or third day, your hunger pangs go away and you start, your body literally starts cleansing itself and all your red blood cells that were all acidified and all kind of lumped together. And you, if you look under a microscope and you see the blood of an acidic person versus a truly healthy person, it's night and day. So, you, so over a few days, your red blood cells get back to normal. There's an energetic charge around them. You're carrying a lot more oxygen. You literally feel the energy exploding after three or four days. But here's what's really, really interesting, and a magical effect happens. If you stick to this cleanse, you will start losing, most people, one to two pounds a day. It, it almost doesn't seem fathomable, but here's why. Once you uh, start alkalizing your entire system, all that fat, okay, that used to be a buffer protecting your organs and your bones, everything inside your body from that acid, all the cells are saying, hey, there's no more acid we can start releasing. We can start dumping all this fat. It looks like our body is getting back to normal. It's, it's slightly alkaline. This is good. So Ronald, the first week, he lost 15 pounds. His energy went through the roof. So he said, uh, God, Scott, I feel so great. Can I continue the cleanse? 
I said, sure, if you want to. You don't have to go back to eating food, you know, unless you're ready. So he stuck with it for another month. He lost about 25 pounds. And he goes, can I keep going? I said, how do you feel? I said, I feel great. I said, fine. So in 90 days, Ronald lost 60 pounds, and his energy went through the roof. I mean, through the roof. And that's just a quantitative thing. I've got pictures I can send you before and after. But there's some other things you can't really describe with numbers. And that's really how his lifestyle changed. He, um, I think the first year he was here, he wrote five or six books. He wrote three or four screenplays. Some of them sold. He uh, wrote another screenplay that he just last year uh, produced into a feature film. He's got a couple of other films in development. He's shooting music videos. And this is all in his spare time. So that's just an example of how Ronald Farnham is, is a great kind of uh, poster boy for how this really works. And that's great, too, because he speaks very highly of you as well. And he's, he's helped me out with a couple little script things here in Hollywood with a couple of my projects that I'm working on. So um, Good, good man. Good you man. know, it, it, it's, it's amazing uh, some of these things that you're talking about. I mean, they seem relatively simple to do, but it's funny how the Hollywood types don't take the time. Seem like more people here for some reason they eat they eat to get full. They don't eat because the food is actually good for them. And I'm kind of curious why is that? Well, you you've got the Hollywood people where and uh, you know, I'm I'm talking about the leading men, not not the character people, but the 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 men and women that have leading roles they have to keep fit. They have to keep it. You know, it's their livelihood. And and the camera really does add 15 pounds. So people look at me, I'm six feet right now. I'm about 160 pounds. Like, Oh, Scott, you've, you've lost a lot of weight and you're, you're, well, if you look at the, um, the BMI charts from the 1960s, I'm not overweight. Okay. The, the charts have actually skewed. And, and most people today at six feet, if they're 200 pounds, you're like, Oh, that's kind of normal. Well, it's not really normal. Um, so the advantage of all the Hollywood people is, is they can afford a nutritionist. They can afford a personal trainer. You know, they have all these people helping them out. They can afford the finest organic food and all this stuff. So what does a regular person do? Okay. Um, cause everyone, everyone, especially the, the, uh, the people I really feel the most for are, uh, let's say working moms or couples that are trying to raise kids at home and they've got not only their career, but they've got all these other obligations and, and running around picking kids up and feeding the kids and taking care of other people, or maybe they're taking care of their grandparents. So the biggest complaint everyone seems to have is I don't have enough time. Okay. Right. And you and I both know that's, that's uh, really, a, a, I, I am sensitive to that. Okay. Cause they have, they might have a lot more obligations than I do. I'm a single guy right now. Um, Although I'm in a relationship, I don't, I don't have any kids, I'm not married. Um, we all have 24 hours. That's the bottom line. And I'm a very, very busy person. I've got a lot of different projects on my plate. I'm flying back and forth all the time, East Coast, West Coast. So what I did is I, uh, I took a playbook from my good friend, Tony Robbins. And he has this, um, this saying that he developed called net time. And the N-E-T, the net, stands for no extra time time. So when I'm planning out my day, which I do every night, 
I, I attack the morning at 4.30 knowing exactly what I need to do because i got a lot of stuff on my plate tomorrow morning, for example. And I map out, okay, this is all the stuff i got to do. And since I have limited amount of time during the day to do this, how can I fit in exercise? Well, I'll tell you what I'm doing right now uh, on this radio show. Um, I am actually exercising my leg right now, this very minute while I'm talking on the phone, with a high-resistance rubber band. So I'm, I'm working my calves, my ankles, this time while I'm on the phone. Because if I just sat there, to me that would be a complete right. waste of time. If I have a lot of phone calls I have to make during the day, I will make out a list. It's like, okay, who can I actually call while I'm going for a five-mile five walk? So I'm outside, I'm walking, I'm breathing, I'm moving my body while I'm making these, returning these important calls of people I have to talk to. Um, so there are all sorts of things you, you can do to kind of create a, um, a net time scenario. Uh, later on this evening, I've got to, uh, cause I got really busy this weekend. I've got to swing by the bank. I've got to drop some stuff at the post office. I've got to go to the grocery store. I'm going to hop on my bicycle instead of driving. I can do it in the same amount of time on my bike. I've got a knapsack. I'm going to do that five mile loop and take care of all my, um, errands while I'm getting a great workout. So you can always fit it in if you kind of think ahead and just move your body. You don't necessarily have to go to a gym. Right. I agree with that as well because that's the difference. You know, you have people that feel like I have to go to the gym to work out, but there's so many things that you could do because a lot of people are not going to take the time, drive 20 minutes to a gym, then work out, then have to drive 20 minutes back just to get their day started. Yeah, and – uh why not just try to, if you've got a really, really busy schedule, why not set a new ritual that, hey, I'm going to wake up 30 minutes earlier tomorrow morning and I'm going to crawl out of bed and maybe I'll do, you know, 15 or 20 push-ups. Like, say so you're so out of shape, you haven't exercised in years, you know, you don't want to stress yourself initially and maybe I'll do 30 or 50 sit-ups and maybe I'll do some jumping jacks and maybe I'll do some curls. So, there's some very basic exercises you can start doing in the morning, and that's a great way to, number one, uh, trigger your metabolism so you kind, of, you kind of supercharge your body for the whole day and you don't need to slug down a cup of coffee. I mean, it's a great way to wake up just to, to you know, get your body warmed up and moving. I, I do that every day irregardless of what other workouts I'm doing. I'll, I'll just work out man, for 15 man, or 20 man. minutes in the morning. I think the main thing is to start, whatever it is. Correct. Just start. <laughs> just start. Correct. <laughs> Even if it's just going outside for a 15, 20-minute walk, just start, one foot in front of the other. Exactly. Just start. Um, um, Scott, let's talk a little bit about I know people are talking about, uh, everybody I talk about, not everybody, but quite a few people I talk to, you know, they're they're diabetic or are they dealing with uh, cholesterol issues? Um, how much do you contribute that to um, the diet? In most cases, uh, if you're talking about type 2 diabetes, it's very, in most cases, it's very, very uh, diet-related. Uh, cholesterol is the same way. Uh, and, and let me just give the audience just a little kind of uh, background. of, And I'm not claiming to be an authority, but I've been studying this for many, many years. Uh, one of the 
the gigs I've had as an actor is I'm also a spokesperson. So I became a spokesperson for this company called Medco, which later, about maybe six or seven years ago, got acquired by Express Scripts. And a lot of people have heard the name Express Scripts if they take prescription drugs because there's a little logo if you have insurance on your insurance card, and that allows you to go to the pharmacy to pick up your prescriptions. Or if you do any maintenance prescriptions, which diabetics and cholesterol, those are two examples of maintenance prescriptions because you're taking them on a regular, consistent basis. A lot of people are getting those drugs shipped by mail. So I've been talking about this on behalf of these companies for years, okay? And cholesterol is one of the easiest uh, prescription drugs to get off. And here, here's, what, here's the root of the problem. As I mentioned earlier in the call, we eat more meat in the United States, and that's thank, thanks to our factory farming system. We've gotten meat so ridiculously cheap compared to what it was relatively, you know, decades ago. And that's why, you know, you see bacon now at the 99-cent store, and hamburgers are still 99 cents on some menu. I mean, just our meat is really, really cheap. So because Americans are eating so much meat, all that meat from the dead animals has its all those animals have their own unique cholesterol. So in addition to the naturally occurring cholesterol that our body actually produces, intaking all this different cholesterol from all these other animals, it was not necessarily uh, been meant to consume, certainly not in large quantities, okay? And that cholesterol doesn't easily assimilate into your body like the cholesterol that your body naturally produces. So it just kind of stacks up on each other, and then it starts clogging your arteries. It slows everything down. So one of the, one of the easiest ways I've helped many, many people get off cholesterol drugs is I say start with a cleanse, okay, just seven days, clean your system out. And, you know, I'm not one of these people because I'm not a vegetarian. I'm not going to judge anyone. Um, and if you want to eat a little bit of meat, that's great. But you shouldn't be eating meat every single day. Maybe have meat a couple of days a week. Maybe instead of red meat every day, you have a little bit of fish or you have a little bit of chicken. So once you scale back, once you do the cleanse, and then when you shift your diet a little bit and have less meat, uh, you will notice your cholesterol will drop uh, significantly. I had a good friend of mine, Desmond Bailey. He's an actor here out in L.A., and he had high blood pressure, high cholesterol. He was pre-diabetic. He had all sorts of problems, taking several different prescriptions. After the cleanse and shifting his diet, he got off all his prescriptions within 30 days. Wow. So it's very, it's very realistic to do if you just shift some daily habits. And, you know, he started exercising a little bit more too. He was in good shape, but he's a little bit more disciplined about, you know, going to the gym or walking or just stretching, just doing more activities. I think it's more of a lifestyle, and I think that's something that people get confused too. They think I can just work out just one day and – think everything is going to change, but I think it has to do with your lifestyle, too. I think that has to be the shift. I, I totally agree, and uh, like, like you just said, Lamont, you know, just, just start doing something. 
You know, one, one, one or two things, if you make them a habit, okay, and then you start feeling a little bit better, you have a little bit more energy, you might increase that walk or you might do a few more exercises and you might add another habit. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think anyone should do all these ras- drastic changes at the same time. You know, you, you've put your body in this state usually over many, many years, so you can gently get out of it over several months. It doesn't have to be, oh, a 30-day diet or a one-week crash diet. Um, although the cleanse is miraculous on how much weight you will lose just because when you alkalize your body and you flush out all these toxins and um, yeast and candida, all this uh, this crap, excuse my French, for lack of a better word, you're getting all this stuff out of your body, it's amazing how quickly you will lose weight initially. We've had people lose up to 22 pounds their first week. I mean, it, it almost, my lawyer, my my entertainment lawyer said, you better document some of these cases of people you've been working with because no one's going to believe you. So we take before and after pictures. When we get people on the scale, we bring witnesses in to see that. So this is very, very real. It's very, very powerful. And I'll be happy to email you uh, a PDF of our seven-day cleanse if you want to share it with your audience yeah, as well. Yeah, please do. Cause I was, yeah, please do, because I was just going to ask you about that. I was waiting for you to finish your statement to ask you, did you have, uh, was that included in your book? Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I, I, I hate authors that get on a show or whatever and say, oh, buy this book, buy this book. So I, I want to give <laughs> as, as as much stuff as I can that you can, you know, maybe post on your website or, or just, you know, send out. Uh, but, yeah, that that is actually part of the book called There Is No Health Pill. And I have a website called thehealthpill.com. And um, we've, we made a commitment two years ago to give $100,000 worth of free uh, sporting equipment, fitness, nutrition, coaching session, not not us, um, uh, nutritional supplements. So we're just giving all this stuff away to really inspire people, especially people that don't have the financial means uh, to help themselves. And we do live seminar. We're going to kind of pick back up the health pill tour uh, later this year, hopefully. And when we go on tour, um, we don't charge anything for our events, and we give out thousands of dollars of juicers and blenders and just all kinds of great stuff so we can engage with the community and get a family excited about their juicer they might not have ever had. And they, we can teach them how to juice. They take the juicer home, and knowing that one person's life changed, but everyone in that household, their lives change. So we're just trying to make a positive difference in people's lives. And that's fantastic, and as am I. That's kind of why I do this show. And I'm definitely going to look for um, the email from you because, like like you know and I know, um, this business that, that we're in, I've seen so many people that, that have passed away from um, not taking care of themselves right, not eating right, or um, being hooked on prescription medication, um, just just all of that. So, yeah, you're definitely doing some important work, man, and I'm definitely glad to meet you. And hopefully our listeners are somewhere taking notes 
because they probably should be and they probably have some health issues and they should be trying to get this stuff for free while they can get it, you know, because guys like you don't come along every day that's willing to really share uh, and really sincere about trying to make a difference. Well, I'll just tell you real quick how this all started. Like I said, I'm, I'm primarily an actor and producer, so I didn't I didn't set out to write all these books and and do these seminars. Um, <laughs> about 15 or 20 years ago, and and I, I don't want the audience to feel sorry for myself because this has happened. This has probably happened to almost every audience member listening. It's probably happened to you, Lamont, where you have your own family members, whether it's brother, sister, parent, maybe a cousin, maybe it's a distant relative, die of cancer. So what happened to me is I lost my stepbrother, I lost my stepfather, I lost a couple of my uncles, I lost a couple other relatives, I lost my college roommate, all within a span of five to ten years. It was, it was just unbelievable, and most of these people died of cancer. And I was like, God, this is what, – what is going on here? Was that really – triggered me to write my first book which is do these five things or you will die so it was purely a passion project that i wrote and i dedicated it to my college roommate um who died i think he was in his late 30s i mean he's just tragic i mean it can't you know it used to be people would die in their 60s or 70s like you know i i'm seeing people die in their 30s now from these high elevated disease states or you know, super uh, complicated diabetes states or cancer. It's it's just awful. So that that was really my motivation to just spread the word and help educate folks. And that's real. I guess that's the realest way you can get educated is things that you see personally. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, I've watched so many of my friends, actors, um, musicians, uh, just get caught up in this entertainment lifestyle, and I guess they abuse themselves a lot because they're on the road. Um, they're not. They don't eat properly. They don't exercise properly. So it's important that people pump the brakes and 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 slow up and start being accountable for themselves and stop running to the pharmacy and um, think they're going to get something that can fix them in five minutes. Yeah, I mean everyone. Just they they almost want the doctor to say, oh well, you've got this. Let me write you this prescription will help. Okay, so so it almost takes them off the hook instead of looking deep down inside and saying, you know what, um, I'm traveling with this band. I'm on the road all the time. Um, I'm eating fast. You know, if people are honest with themselves, there's usually some causes that are causing that high cholesterol or that pre-diabetic tendencies and, um, you know, these disease states that start creeping up. And you really just got to look at yourself, say, okay, what, what can I do to start getting to the root of the problem instead of just going to the doctor and just getting more prescriptions? Um, I'll give you a really scary statistic because over the past uh, 10 years with ex- or past seven years with Express Scripts, I've been keeping my own um, actual tables of how many people I would see. And these are young people in their 20s and 30s that were taking maintenance prescriptions, things they would take on every single day. 
And out of almost 6,000 people that I talked to that came after my uh, presentation, they would come to my table for Express Scripts. Okay, between 2005, 2008, I didn't see a single one. Doesn't mean there were, but I didn't see, you know, people in their 20s taking maintenance prescriptions where they would have to sign up for mail order, or, you know, ask me questions. 2009 to 2012, I saw one person out of 6,100. 2013, I saw six people, and these are these are young people. And then what was really shocking is I saw double that last year. But here's the really scary part. Last year, I started seeing more people than ever taking over 20 different prescriptions a day. 15, 20 years wow. ago, when I first started this with Medco, I never heard of anyone taking 20 prescriptions a day. Now, if you're taking pills three times a day, that's, that's easily over 60 different pills that some of these people are taking. There's something seriously wrong with the system. We've got to really get back and look at our diet and look at how we can start moving and that iPad or that computer away from us for, for even 30 minutes and just, just walk, just run, just do something. You would think if somebody's taking that much medication, how could that help your body when it seems like one thing is continually fighting uh, the other thing? And you always read or um, you read stuff on these prescriptions where you they prescribe to you for one thing, but then the, the downside of that, it may cause this or it could give you that or it could create this. Yeah, you're 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 exactly right. I mean, you we've we've all seen the television ads for the prescription drugs where the last five seconds or last ten seconds, or, or a radio ad for a drug, they'll rattle off all these side effects. You can't even hear they're talking so fast. <laughs> yeah. Or you see, and you know the reason they do that is heart attack, coma, nausea, all this stuff. They they don't want to say that very slowly and clearly. Okay, because they have a lot of different things they've got to cover in a short period of time in their in their advertisement. If you look at a um, magazine or a newspaper ad, it's gotten to the point where the entire back – I got a Time magazine today. Okay, The entire back of a prescription drug ad is all the possible side effects. So you're right. It's really, really scary and dangerous uh, about what super, these super uh, scary. side effects are. Super, super, super scary. scary. If you taking if you taking twenty prescription meds a day, and then each one of those got a side effect, how do you know these side effects combined together won't kill you? Yeah. So here, so here's the good news. And I started another table, um, or like some data that I've been collecting myself. So. After I give these presentations to these large group, my, my, the biggest client I'm working for right now with Express Scripts is the state of New Mexico retirees. Okay, So I fly to all these different uh, – my agent flies me to all these different cities all around New Mexico, Las Cruces, Taos, Santa Fe, Albuquerque. I give these presentations to all the state retirees. And most of them are coming to my table after the presentation to talk about their drugs or I need to answer questions. But what's interesting is that of every 100 people, and this, this number is, is almost accurate every single where I go, there's three or four individuals 
and, and these are the retired people. These are people in their 50s to their 80s, okay? So they're, they're slightly older. And three to four people will come up to my table and say, oh, I, I don't take any prescription drugs. I mean, these, these people could be 75 years old, and they're proud of it. They're proud that they take no prescription drugs. So I stopped them right there. I said, hey, besides what I'm doing here for Express Scripts, and I want to keep on script, okay, this is my job, just for my personal edification, tell me what you're doing. I, I'm just fascinated. I'm just, I'm a healthy guy. I'm always trying to learn from others, okay? What's interesting is the three to four percent, so the three or four out of every hundred people that come to my table that are taking no prescription drugs, they're all doing the same exact things, the same habits. So a lot of them don't necessarily even belong to a gym, but they move their body in some way every single day. So they're either out gardening, they ride a bicycle, they go hiking, they walk a lot. So they're doing something every day with their body. Okay. The second thing they do, and they're not necessarily vegetarians, they're not necessarily health freaks, okay, or, or really fastidious about their food habits, but they eat healthy most of the time, okay? So if they go to a, a friend's wedding, they're probably going to have a big, you know, prime rib, whatever they're serving. They're going to have a big fat piece of sugary wedding cake, okay, because that's, that's the 10% of the time. They're going to enjoy themselves, okay? Right. So they're, they're, they're moving their body every day. They're eating healthy most of the time. And then the third thing is they don't sweat the small stuff. They, they, they have a good family connection. They might have some friends, but they just have, they just have this, um, this positive outlook on life. They don't get caught up. They don't sit down and watch the news for three hours every night, which is pretty depressing or political. They just, they just you know, try to look at the lighter side of things, and they try to enjoy life. And that, that's a big, big part of it too because if you get stressed out, if you're, if you're looking at your phone – answering texts all day long and you're upset about your boss talking to you about and you make you make a bigger thing out of these issues that really might not be that important you're actually creating stress and stress in your body is creates acid so that that goes back to the whole acidity problem so those are the three things that these uh really healthy people had in common which i found was quite interesting but I just made an interesting point too that uh, stress creates acid. It's a killer. It's a killer. I'll tell you one of the things I do. I changed my lifestyle uh, a couple years ago because we're all, everyone in this country faces the same thing. We're we're tethered to our iPad, our computer, or our smartphone, or our Bluetooth or our smartwatch that we're wearing 24 hours a day. So when I, and, and it, it's, you know, it create, it can create some stress or certainly it can create distractions at the, at, at the least. So what I do, I, I first thing when I roll out of bed at 4:30, I do my exercises. I do some diaphragmic breathing to really, you know, trigger my system. I don't turn on the computer. Uh, I check my email uh, for at least an hour, sometimes two hours. I don't check my texts or my phone unless I'm expecting something from someone. And that's really where I spend half an hour or an hour writing. Or that's maybe where I spend an hour on myself, on my own dreams and my own goals and what I want to do. And 
when you get to that point where you focus on what you're grateful for, because we could always say, well, I don't have the same car that my neighbor does, or I live in this you know, tiny little apartment. My next-door neighbor's got a huge mansion. You know, there's always things you can think about what you don't have, but when you start just kind of focusing on yourself and, and realizing what you are grateful for or what you could be grateful for and you're not distracted with all these texts and emails and news sources, it's really a, a really amazing way to start your day and, and sets you up uh, to have a more positive day and a more positive lifestyle. And I thank you for that, Scott, because that part right there, I'm going to start trying to adapt this mo- uh, in the morning because that's a mistake that I personally have been making, too, because I'll roll out of bed, and the first thing I do before I go to the restroom is I kind of grab my phone. I'm looking at what's going on for the day, if I've missed any messages, anything I need to respond to right away. Instead of taking that that time like you're talking about, that hour or two, and just really focusing on myself, because it is only 24 hours in the day, and we cannot give everything and everybody else all that time. Yeah, now there's a great quote by uh, the former Secretary of Defense, Donald Rumsfeld, and no matter what you think of him politically, this is a great quote. Donald Rumsfeld says, If you wake up in the morning responding first thing to other people's emails, you're focusing on someone else's agenda, not your own. Because once you get sucked in, you start looking at these texts or or opening up your email, there's bound to be somebody that wants a response from you or wants something from you. So it's really powerful if you can take control of – you know, maybe it's 30 minutes, maybe it's an hour, and just just get into a grateful state. Just think of a few things that you want, okay? Maybe we're in a in a uh, a job or something, and we're trying to transition out of that career, or maybe we just want to do something special for our kids. Um, you know, we all need our personal time to take care of that stuff before we get into work mode. Got it. And I think that is a big problem that most people have, you know, because they get stuck in work mode. Now, if I get a, if I get a sweet text from my girlfriend first thing in the morning, she's a very very positive person too. We we share our, our mutual friend Tony Robbins. Then that's a great message to get. But I don't want to be responding or answering to anyone else's demands until I've really prepared myself. I've I've jump started my metabolism. I've got some good, healthy food inside of me. I'm in this really positive, grateful state of mind, and I have my agenda, the things that I want to achieve today, so I don't get too sidetracked from all the other demands of the world. Um, yeah, yeah, it really makes a uh, – uh, it's, a, it's a powerful thing. So I hope, hope some of your uh, listeners can, can just you know, slowly implement a few habits like this to take control of their life and number one, getting back to what we started, uh, you know, earlier in the call, it all starts with your health and energy. Everything. When I when I do seminars, I, I go around the room. like, okay, what what are some of the most important things in your life? And people, you know, shout out finances. Okay, and I'll write that down. Family. I'll write that down. Career. And they might say, oh, I've got these hobbies I want to do. So, so all, all these different things. Okay, school. 
Okay, you know the list sometimes is ten or fifteen things that are really, really important to these people's lives, and I challenge everybody to say, okay, I'll give a hundred dollars to anyone in the audience right now if anyone can come up with something that's more important than your health. And no, no one can challenge it because if you don't have health, okay, and and you're married, you come home at the end of the day, you're all tired. How do you think that relationship's going to be, okay, versus when you first started dating that person? You had that energy, that excitement, that passion. You come home, hey, honey, how you doing? First thing you're doing is you're checking your email, you're looking at your text from your boss, and you give her a peck on the cheek. That's not, that's not passion. That's not real energy. You're certainly not going to have that energy to give to the kids, run outside in the backyard and play catch for half an hour. You're going to give your kid an, an iPad because you're exhausted. Hey kid, you know, just play that game. I, I gotta, I gotta check my email, son. Your career, <laughs> your career certainly band is rapidly if you don't have the energy and the passion. Uh, you know that all starts with your internal energy and your and your focus and the clarity in your head. So all this stuff, it all comes down to your health and your energy. And the funny thing is, too, some people in, in our society think that a lot of money is going to afford them good health until they find out that their health is gone and no amount of money is going to um, give them good health. That's true. That's so true. I've seen a lot of rich people, uh, you know, they have, they have the best health insurance money could buy, but by the time they had stage 3 or stage 4 cancer, the traditional... Uh, chemotherapy or radiation killed them, and you know there's no yeah. bringing that back. Um, nope. What one of the things talking about in, in the workplace because you know m- most of us that aren't lottery winners, you know we have we have to make a living. Um, one of the things I noticed in the workplace is usually middle of the afternoon, late to the afternoon, we all have this kind of this lull where we're we're kind of tired and we almost want to take a nap. Okay. Well, there's a couple. There's a couple. Uh, most people are not having a really light, alkaline, nutritious lunch. Okay, they might be having a burger, maybe a couple sodas, some fries, and they might be just having some heavy food that's slightly acidic. So I try to eat eat wisely for lunch when I can. And then another another thing is most people remember from third grade science that the human body is seventy to seventy five percent water. Okay, but most people either never knew or they forget that the human brain is 75 to 90% water. So a big reason why we get tired and we don't have that clarity at the end of the day is we might have a couple of, uh, you know, some coffee, which actually dehydrates you, or a couple of sodas, which dehydrate you, but if you don't have a cup of water, in front of you at all times, and you're not hydrating all the time, that water seeps out of your brain, and that's what makes you tired. Literally, when you're you're tired, the first thing you should do is ask yourself, have I been hydrating all day long? Have I been drinking enough water? And I drink alkaline water. I don't necessarily buy it. I'll I'll have a fresh-cut lemon. I'll slice it, and I'll drop it in the water, and that actually has an alkalizing effect, which gives me energy. Um, another thing I'll do in the middle of the day, you know, if I'm sitting, 
I have a standing desk, which I do sometimes, but even standing at the desk or sitting at my desk too long, that gets you tired as well. So sometimes in the middle of the day for no reason, if I'm feeling tired, I'll, I'll jump on my bike or I'll walk up to the post office. I'll take a, a kind of a 15, 20-minute break and really get some quick exercise to move my body a little bit. And then when I come back, I'm at my uh, computer, I find I'm much, much more efficient. I'm alert. I'm more productive. Um, there's some companies now that I'm talking to that actually have treadmill desks. And they're finding that the productivity of their employees is jumping up 30 to 50% because they're, they're standing, okay? And then every few minutes, if they do get tired, they can turn the treadmill on very, very slowly, two to three miles an hour, and they're actually walking while they're at their desk. It's an amazing thing. Yeah, that's an interesting concept right there. Yeah, yeah, just Google treadmill desks, and you can also Google standing desks. And here, here's another tip for your audience. You know, not everyone has $700 to buy a standing desk at home. And most employers, although in other countries, they're rapidly employing standing desks. In Denmark, the Netherlands, a lot of the Scandinavian countries, uh, because they see it's making their employees much, much more productive. But if you don't have the money to buy a standing desk, you can get creative. Maybe you take a big, big laundry basket or something and put it on top of your desk and you, you cut a piece of plywood or a plate of glass and you kind of rig your own do-it-yourself desk just to elevate your computer, elevate your laptop, and you can place your cell phone there. So there's, there's ways that you can you know, elevate your workstation, so to speak, so it's right at uh, you know, your arm and eye level. And that makes a big difference where you're not just sitting and sitting for too long, too, unless you're really, really careful about your posture, that can create all sorts of back problems. Bad, bad posture. I think a lot of people have those issues, too, and don't realize it. You know, you know what's really scary is uh, one, one of the books I wrote a couple of years ago, I wrote with a uh, – uh, a partner of mine, Dr. Larry Exner, he's, he's an incredible nutritionist, and he's also a DC, a, a chiropractor. And, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago, people would go to the chiropractor because they had a car accident or they had a sports injury. You know, something really jarred their back. You know, we're seeing chiropractors, Dr. Larry Exner, they're saying, you know, he's seeing cases of text neck because when people, when people are looking at their smartphones, they're usually looking pretty close to straight down. You know, they're not holding their cell phone or their smartphone up at eye level. I've never seen anyone do that. So they're, they're, their neck is contorted almost in a face-down direction, and that literally is causing severe uh, damage and strain right. to the vertebrae in their neck. Um, I, I talked to another chiropractor. I don't want to cut you off, but we're down to the last minute of the show, and I want you to give you the opportunity to tell people where to go get your books. Okay. Uh, just go to thehealthpill.com, thehealthpill.com. It's a blog, and we're also giving away a lot of free books. So if you just like that page, uh, sooner or later, 
you'll probably get something from us. So books, nutritional supplements, you might get lucky and get a blender or a juicer. Um, so we're really just all about spreading the word. And thank you so much for having me on your show. Uh, Ronald spoke very highly of you, and uh, it's been a great honor to connect with you and your audience. And thank you for coming, man. And we'll be in touch soon, uh, uh, very soon, so we can talk about the acting thing. I can tell you what I got going on, and I'm definitely going to get a juicer and start working on that ASAP. And for our listeners that joined the show uh, late, the show will be available worldwide in the next two minutes. So wherever you get your podcast from, iTunes or wherever else, Spotify, uh, iHeart, you'll be able to hear the show in its entirety. Or you could go to the website, worldmovement.com, or blog talk radio forward slash player, and you could hear it. And again, thank you so much for joining us, Scott. We enjoyed you immensely. Thank you, Lamar. And, uh, and hope you'll come back and, and see you soon. I would love uh, to, anytime. Appreciate you, man. Thanks a lot. Mr. Scott DuPont. And we will be back next week at the same time. So please join Can I Play a Play? I'm your host, Lamont Patterson. Thank you all for listening. And uh, have a blessed week. Check it out.